Welcome back to the Beyond Macros podcast, a show where we help you get leaner, stronger, and perform better through nutrition, movement, and the art of inner work. And here's Beyond Macros client, Allie Flynn, to talk about the most important habits and routines that she put in place at the beginning of her experience with a Beyond Macros coach. I think having a nightly like ritual, that's one of the things I think that has been really helpful is just taking time for me and making sure that I do that and it's helped with my stress. It's helped me sleep better. Um, so definitely that. And then just like also eating that foods that make me feel gross because I did that, um, like over the holidays. And then when I came back and I started eating, um, better again, I was like, Oh my God, I feel so much better because I felt just so icky and you feel so much better. I think it's for people who have, you know, if you struggled with food and like your relationship for the food with food, this puts it in perspective where it's about what you're eating and how that affects your body. And that's something that was really helpful for me to learn was it was like more about eating to be able to do all the things that I wanted to do versus eating, you know, stuff that was making me feel sick. If you want our complete guide to calculating and counting your macros and to download our free calorie and macro calculator worksheet, head on over to beyondmacros.com slash macropod. This free guide is set up to teach you everything you need to know about macros and to help you choose a good starting point for your calories and macros. Some people have been emailing me about our macros and meals product after hearing about it on other podcasts. But the only way you can purchase it is by actually reading the guide or going through our macro counting mini course. So head over to beyondmacros.com slash macropod to get started on this journey today for free. I'm very excited about today's episode because we cover some topics that I find are often misunderstood. So today we are going to more clearly define what they mean and what their benefits are. These are topics like mindful eating, eating psychology, and even spirituality. And today's guest is probably the best person I know to guide us through these topics. Amy Pimensky is the spiritual nutritionist, and she has a very diverse background, ranging from holistic chef training to eating psychology. As the spiritual nutritionist, Amy wants to create a movement that helps support women to rediscover their health and happiness through a mind, body, and spiritual approach. But what does that mean? The vision for spiritual nutritionist is to create a a movement of women supporting each other in coming back to their truth of self-love and of confidence and feeling their their best and feeling happy again so that helps them to reflect in other areas of their life their food choices their relationships their career their health um, and so to create a community of women who are in this together and not feeling alone before i lose any analytical minds who think this episode is going to be full of woo-woo let's just get a quick definition of spirituality down from amy herself Spirituality to me means the inner work. Many people look outside of themselves for the answers when it comes to what to eat and how to exercise. And they've been searching and going around in circles. And the place that they have forgotten to look is within. And a lot of the answers are within. And giving them the tools or or spirituality is learning the tools to be able to discover more about yourself. 
So it doesn't necessarily have to have a religious connotation. It can if you want it to. It's really connection to yourself and connection to something greater and connection to other people. And that's really what I feel everyone is craving is to, to feel more connected. And we feel really disconnected right now from ourselves and from our happiness and from other people. So spirituality is really discovering the inner world using tools like um, breath work and meditation and journaling and really taking time to slow down and affirmations and gratitude. And there's so many different practices that we use, but it's really taking time to connect. Through this spiritual path, Amy says you constantly evolve your understanding of yourself so that you can show up in the world differently. But what does this look like? Why would you want to show up in the world differently? Amy's own story begins to answer these questions. I got into this path, the spiritual path, because I had been focusing so much on my my physical health and focusing so much on the nutrition side of things, which made a huge difference in my healing journey, but there was still something missing. And I was really unhappy and I still didn't feel super healthy. And even though my digestion had gotten better, I was still feeling really unsatisfied and unfulfilled. So I had this amazing business that I had created for myself. I had a lot of support from family and friends. And from the outside, it seemed like everything should be great. And it seemed like everything you know, like I was living a a great life, but inside I was really struggling. And it really was reflected in all other areas of my life uh, where I felt really limited. I wasn't confident in myself. And from there, I just got to a point after going to some workshops and reading a lot of books and getting to a place where I realized that I wasn't going to find the answers outside of me. And it was time for me to decide that I wanted to be happy and to find the tools to be able to do that. Some of the tools that Amy has found work for her and her clients include establishing a solid morning routine. For Amy, her morning routine includes gratitude, meditation, and breath work. But the real work is in understanding yourself and what is holding you back. It's really us understanding certain habits and behaviors. So some of the things that I see really hold my clients back from achieving their goals, one of them is people pleasing and the other is perfectionism. And those two are very prevalent, especially for women. And they are really drilled into us from a young age of, of really, you know, being afraid of taking care of ourselves first. We always want to take care of other people first. That's more of the people pleasing side of things. And that's fine as long as it's not taking away from our health and happiness. And then perfectionism is really this black or white, it's all or nothing. And when we're in a perfectionist mode, then we're never satisfied. Nothing, we're never fulfilled. And that leaves us feeling upset and frustrated. And it's very hard to stay on track with eating habits when you have a negative self-talk. So we've got perfectionism, people pleasing, we work on a lot of self-love. A lot of people struggle with the feeling of not feeling good enough or not feeling worthy and not feeling lovable. And all of that gets in their way from taking action. It creates massive procrastination and stops them from actually making the nutrition changes that they know that they want to make. So this the mindset piece is what bridges the gap from knowing what you're supposed to eat to actually implementing that and doing that in your life. One of the big lessons Amy learned in her own path of dealing with people-pleasing is actually a lesson my mom tried to teach me, but I didn't understand at the time. The world does revolve around you. And in the past year, I've really gained an understanding that although being selfish has negative connotations, it is a very important practice. 
When done right, being selfish is good for not only you, but the world around you. It's not about being selfish and not caring about other people. And I think that's the big misconception. But from a spiritual perspective, if you're not happy, then you can't share your light with other people. You can't help other people. And that's really what shifted for me with the people pleasing is understanding that, that in order for me to show up and share my gifts with the world is I had to stop living someone else's dream or had to stop living for what other people wanted for me all the time. And as long as you're not hurting other people, or as long as you're not doing anything to harm other people and, and you're, you're, you're mindful and you're still take other people's feelings into consideration, you know, it's okay to be selfish and it's actually important for us to be happy and, and, and be able to do what we want to do. Not only is being selfish positive when done right, but people pleasing is actually a net negative habit. When you're so used to people pleasing, we have to get to the root of, okay, who am I really? If I'm not this person that I've been trying to be for so long, if I'm not this person that I've been portraying, if I'm not this person that everyone else wants me to be, then who am I? And how can I be more messy? And how can I show more of my authentic self? Because that's what people relate to. People don't just want to see all these positive messages and not to say that you have to spill everything online and spill everything to everyone. But if we're so pristine and perfect, then we're not our unique selves. And that's what makes life so interesting is when we can really be our unique selves and share our goofy and silly and, and the parts where we maybe mess up sometimes. And those are the places where we learn our greatest lessons too, is when we allow ourselves to be messy and not so put together. And then we live this extraordinary life. We live this incredible life, this feeling of being alive instead of being zombie mode and just going through the motions really, and just being exactly like everyone else. This is where the nutritionist meets spirituality for Amy. It is really hard to see through the fog of poor health in order to get a clear idea about who you want to be, what you want out of life and what makes you feel good and happy. When you're not feeling good, when you have stomach aches all the time, when you've got migraines, when you feel lethargic because you've got thyroid issues or you you know, have difficulty losing weight and that just has you feeling weighed down all the time, it is really hard to see what makes you happy. For most people, cleaning up physical health paves the way for self-development. It wipes away the fog and the vision becomes clear about the future. One of the practices that Amy and I both use in our own practices is mindful eating. Sometimes it is called intuitive eating, but the issue there is that people tend to think that intuitive eating means eat whatever you crave. Mindful eating is a much different practice, and I will let Amy discuss her approach to it. So what the mindful eating does is it helps us to get out of fight or flight mode, get into rest and digest mode. It also helps us to tune into how hungry and how full we are instead of just finishing our plate or eating because there's a certain amount of food that we're supposed to eat. It really helps us to check in with the most intelligent tool that we have is our, is our body and knows, knows most of the answers. So um, mindful eating is basically paying attention when you eat. And what that looks like is starting to get out of fight or flight into rest and digest by just simply taking three belly breaths. So we just take a nice inhale in and fill up the belly and an exhale out. And if you do that three times, you're going to be a lot more present with what's going on in your body instead of thinking about what you just did before you ate and what you're doing after you eat. So it involves getting present. 
And then after that, it really involves using all of your senses for eating. So you're going to really look at the colors of the food and you're going to smell your food. If it's hot food, it's easier to do. And you're going to really, when you're eating, enjoy the flavors of the food. A lot of people end up overeating or having cravings later on because they're not actually getting pleasure from food. And as humans, we need pleasure. Damn straight we do. We can't just keep skipping over this. And food is a great place where we can get that. So really enjoying the flavors of the food and chewing your food. So if we rush through this whole process, then we're missing what we call the cephalic phase of digestion, which is where we secrete enzymes in our our salivary glands and we chew our food, which is the first phase of digestion. So we don't do that then our body is is going to be forced to work a lot harder. So mindful eating isn't just this like woo-woo, pay attention while I eat. This is actually physiologically having a significant effect on your cortisol levels, on your digestion, on your absorption, and how you how you break down the food. And yeah, so that cephalic phase of digestion is paying attention, uh, noticing the flavors of your food, chewing your food fully before you swallow it, and then checking in with how does this food make me feel? Am I getting bloated? Do I have a stomach ache? Am I feeling really tired after I eat? So we check in before we eat. How are we feeling? We check in after we eat. How are we feeling? And it's simply just paying attention. So I don't, when you're getting started, that might seem like a lot. I recommend to start eating one mindful meal a day, which means you might have to set your alarm 10 minutes earlier in the morning and sit down and have breakfast instead of standing up at the countertop or taking it to go or eating it while you're at work. Uh, but really just being present for one meal. And I have clients who do this with their families and their kids, and it's really powerful to do with other people. So we take also another piece of mindful eating is expressing gratitude for our food. We really take for granted how incredible it is that we have this amazing food that we have access to, to nourish our bodies. And skipping over that part really makes a disconnect between how we eat or what we're eating and our relationship with with where the food comes from. When I was at Dr. Ben House's Beginner's Mind Retreat in Costa Rica, we took 30 seconds of gratitude before every meal. I don't always do this in my personal life, but I can assure you that this gratitude practice had a real impact on my nervous system state while I was eating each meal down there. I was relaxed, I enjoyed the company, and I wasn't scarfing the food down. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Amy. If you want to learn more about her and the Spiritual Nutritionist, check out spiritualnutritionist.com or at spiritualnutritionist on Instagram. And if you needed a reminder and you wanted to actually check out our complete guide to calculating and counting your macros, as well as to download our free calorie and macro calculator worksheet, go to beyondmacros.com slash macropod right now and you can get that started today. Next week, I have a solo episode, a nice little special for you that might include stories of diarrhea during a race. So if you want to get that episode delivered directly to whatever podcast app you use, definitely make sure that you hit subscribe. And if you would be so kind, leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. And I look forward to seeing you again next week.